For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. Before we get to that, our uh, producer over there, Coach Way, go ahead. Got a little uh, advertisement. Yeah, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Right Way Home Care. Remember, at Right Way Home Care, they are committed to providing high quality and affordable home care services to our to their clients based in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Their goal is to assist them in leading dignified and independent lives in the comfort and safety of their own homes. Their individual needs are carefully assessed, understood, and met through selective assignments of qualified, trustworthy, and compassionate personnel. So make sure you check out Right Way Home Care for all your home care needs. Back to you. All right, thank you so much, Coach Way. All right, I'm very happy to have Jeff Nadu on here. He's our guest on the podcast. He's a Penn Manor guy. I feel weird over here. I'm the only person not a Penn Manor grad. <laughs> so we got two back-to-back Penn Manor grads. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, happy to be here. And uh, I, never, I don't think I've ever done a podcast based in this town i always do podcasts like way far away right. and yeah. it's cool to be around some people that kind of rim my purview as far as high school and things like that and you you know you you went to penn manor as well right so. right right man that, perfect i mean it's you know we're anybody from 717 we're you know we want to represent that's what our site's about i love that yeah, yeah. and we're trying to get the name out there and you've done great things on your own and we're going to talk about all that we're happy to have you anything i can do to help i'll do it yeah. we appreciate yeah. it man that's great so let's talk about <laughs> So you're a Penn Manor grad, and you were telling us about the student section. Can, you, can we start with a little story time? I want to hear about the student section. This is where your legend began. And this is where the legend began. I guess <laughs> that you were suspended for two years by PIAA. Let's so, this. yeah, so when I was in high school, 2007, we had a very good basketball team. Um, we went all the way to, you were just talking about District 3. We went to the final that year. And we went to States. We had a great season. Uh, and we developed me and my group of friends, we had a gigantic student section. I mean, very big. And this actually started, I want to say in your brother's year. Okay. There was a group of kids that were, we were kind of the, the next ones up after them. Okay. Uh, and um, we just started getting real rowdy. And we started doing um, some crazy stuff. We were always looking to, we wanted when you came to our gym, we wanted it to be horrific for you. And we got to points where we were looking up people on MySpace, finding their girlfriend's names like <laughs> and um we got to points where you know we um we st- we just started out with chance and we got like real real deep with it at certain points but fast forward to the end of the year i was telling brandon we um we had our district three final against harrisburg yeah we got blown out but we still had states and we actually won our first game in states at we were at CV. We beat this team called Liberty up in Williamsport area. Okay. And then we knew our last game. We knew we weren't going to beat Simon Gratz, which was the next team. They're out of Philadelphia. Yeah, Rashid Wallace went there. Like, all these. I mean, it's a huge basketball school. And um, it was at Coatesville. And it was right towards the end of the year. And we didn't want the season to end. We had a great time with it. And um, so we're at the game. We're getting blown out. It's like 78-45 or like five minutes ago. And... Um, we started some real crazy chants. We were just going kind of crazy. And um, we were kicked out eventually four, 
four of my friends and me. And um, we were, were multicultural, all different kind of people. And I do remember some of the kids were saying certain things they probably shouldn't have said. And um, we ended up going outside. And we weren't allowed in the building. We, we could stay outside and wait for our friends to come out. So we, um, we're standing there, and this guy comes up to us. And he goes, hey, I'm a reporter with the Philadelphia Inquirer. What happened in there? And I was like, uh, oh, well, we, you know, we were saying some things. We got kicked out. Um, and, and that was that. We went home. Next morning, I'm in school. I'm in biology class. I get a call from the principal. Now, I had been in the principal's office a lot. She knew me. <laughs> I know her to this day. She was a great principal. Oh, Mindish. Mindish, yes. Yeah. She, she was terrific. Um, good, good woman. Taught me a lot. She calls me down, I, and I knew what it was about. I knew it had something to do with the game because she had reprimanded me many times. Yeah. She would make me like not go to certain games, and um, so I go in there, and she goes, "What's this?" And she shows me the Inquirer, the sports section. And I said, "She's like, did you read this?" I said, "No, I don't read. I didn't read it. Like, what, how would I read that? I don't get that delivered." <laughs> and she goes, "Um, we are in it." I said, "What do you mean I'm in it?" She goes, "Well, they." wrote a really bad article about you guys. What was up with the racial slurs? I wow. said, Whoa. I said, hold on. I said, first of all, there were no racial slurs. Someone might have said something, but these were, some of them were black, Puerto Rican kids, like they said stuff. It is what it is. Um, and she basically told me, you need to apologize. You need to write a letter to the PIAA and to that school and apologize for everything. And ultimately, they banned me, the PIAA, from events. Was this your senior year? But the season was over, but the next two years. Oh, so you were banned the next But that years. didn't change. I still went to games anyway. I was going to say, I mean, there's Was your face on a milk carton, too? I'm not sure, <laughs> but I went to JP to a game, yeah. and they wouldn't let me in. Wow. Now, I did go to a Solanco game, because I was just out of high school, right? Right. And we still had friends on the team. Yeah. We still had friends in the studio. You were wearing, like, fake mustaches? No, I, no. I went in completely like I did. And um, one of the schools that I beefed with really hard, I was, like, public enemy number one down there. Everyone knew me down there. Solanco. Yeah. They all they hated me. Like, I had a, the student section hated me. You trolling them pretty hard? Yeah. So <laughs> I went to, I knew, some of my friends were saying to me, you got to go to that game. So I went down there that night, and they let me in. Nobody said nothing. And I sat in just like the normal seats. I didn't sit in no stu- nothing. And um, they had gotten wind that I was there. And they had started a chant with my name. And this was in like the middle of the third quarter. And there were some rumblings around like, who is the guy, who is the guy? And they started the chant. And I stood up and flicked them all off, the whole section. So you're saying the band's still there, like 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Oh, that's crazy. No, but this was intended. This was like a year after. It was a year after. Or, or whatever But they knew who he was. Like, you were oh, like yeah. a famous fan. They knew who I was, for you're sure. You were like a super fan. And they actually... I, I, had, I, I remember the, a cop came up to me and said to me, like, um, we're going to walk out with you to your car. I said, you don't have to walk out. I'm out fine. I ain't going to do nothing. And they harassed me the whole way to my car. They threw stuff at they me. They threw stuff at your car? Wow. Yeah. They were really pissed off. Now, it's funny because a lot of those kids, I ended up, like, years later, we'd go to the brickyard and I would see them and we would have conversations. But, yeah, it was, we were we did a lot of stuff I wasn't proud of looking back. And, you know, no student section, I don't think, is like that well, anymore. Well, I was going to say, are you, well, first of all, are you allowed in a game now? Are you still, yeah, I are could, you still I, in the band No, list? I, I, I went to games. I, I, um, you know, it's been a few years since I've been to any um, LL games. But, okay. 
You know, because I was telling him, like, um, I know when I was young, like 10, 12 years old, I occasionally, my grandfather, he was from Cabbage Hill in Lancaster City. He would take me to see McCaskey play. Oh, those are the heydays. Yeah, and I remember... I know all about that. Yeah, I remember, um, like, the greatest team I ever saw was Dustin, Perry, Jerry, Jerry Johnson. Johnson, Akeem, and McCaskey under Steve Powell. And, um, yeah, those were those were special years. But you talking about this kid from L.S., I've, I heard about him, actually. Someone sent me something. Like, he, yeah, you got to see this kid. And I said... He's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see some kids doing well, but yeah, we had some we had some wild times in high school. It's funny you bring that up because I I've, I've been telling these guys I've covered about 30 games this year. It's, it gives me something to do, you know, for yeah. uh, my kids and I love going to games, cool. but the student sections, even like the last night's game with LS, like they they only can do they only do the certain chants and I was always wondering like all your like why can they only do certain chants? I'll see if they if like they're yelling back and forth with the other crowd. Um, the athletic director will come by and be like, "Sit down, sit down." It's the Jeff Nadeau rule. That's the Jeff Nadeau rule. That and, makes all sense. And it's funny because if you if you went to Penn Manor today, um, they, they would probably still remember. I mean, like oh, Philip Gale, he was my principal. He's still there. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, and like the thing is, we and, and I'm not. I mean, this happened a long. I was this was 12, 15 years ago. I know kids. Like I saw it that would spit in the water jug of the other team. Like, oh I, man! I, like I saw that. Like you it did was, that. I didn't do it. <laughs> I saw kids do it. Really? And I'm not. I don't think I should bring up the story I was telling him. I don't know how crazy I should get on this, but there was one particular incident. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. It it was involving a chant. Let's hear it. You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so there was um when we were when we were seniors there was a story that came out of Warwick and Lidditz about an individual that was dating a girl two years younger than him. Okay. In that school district, and he. I mean, it's pretty messed up. He murdered her parents and kidnapped her. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Right. It's really sad. And basically, uh, you don't want to hear this story. I'm telling you. But I'll tell you it. Might as well. During a you game, got this far. during a game, we were killing Warwick. It okay. was we were like 30, and that year they had beat us in football. So they start the what about football chant. Oh, yeah, let's play football. And yeah. before the game, I had a kid come up to me, the same kid that did the water junk thing, and he said to me, if they say that, he said, let's bring up the kid. <laughs> the, kid's name was, the kid's name was Ludwig, David yeah. Ludwig. I always remember his name. He's, I think he got life. And yeah. he, um, they started it, and the kid goes, what about Ludwig? And Whoa. we and we That's bad. and we we did it loud, yeah. real loud. What, what was so their what response? Were did they, anybody like shut you guys down? They, that whole side of the stadium was dead quiet. And this is at Warwick's gym. That's no, big... this was here. This was at our gym. Okay, but, okay. but they had to the Warwick. Warwick oh yeah, gym. and they had a lot of visiting fans. Oh yeah, and I remember leaving that night. That was the first time that year that I um I actually felt bad about what we did. Because after the game, some of our kids doubled down and, like, got, got into it with some of the people outside. There were parents coming up to us that were just saying, you know, they were like, you know, we get what you're doing, but this is that was completely out of line. And that was another time I got reprimanded for what we did. But we had some kids that took it uh, took us too far. But um, you live and you learn, right? Yeah, I mean, we were. I mean, that was what 2007. I mean, those yeah. are different times, and we thought it was funny, but looking back, it was. 
I mean, somebody died. Two people died, actually. Right. So. Yeah. Right. It was um. Creative chance, so. Yeah, it wasn't great, but yeah, they they switched it all up because of us. I, I'm I'm sure of that. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I, I, I bet. Yeah, they don't, they don't. They don't. They have like zero tolerance. Or no, something and I've actually I was at a few Pet Matter games over the years, and um, I, I may mean, saw it. I mean, they have like a they'll have a constable like right there, yeah. like, where it doesn't get too bad. Um, we egged on fights between players. Like we, I mean, it was, it was, it was rough. No, I, be, I mean, <laughs> so it's the Jeff Nader rule. That's why, yeah, the PIAA's well, crack it down. And during all this, like, you know, you would get to know other fan bases, and and they all, you know, like I said with Solanka, like they knew who I was. Yeah. You know, because, you know, it, it's just it was a wild time. I missed those days. They were. They did were you fun. ever? Did you ever do like this in college or pro? Did you ever go any games and? No, 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 I didn't. I, uh, I, you know what's funny? You, it's funny you asked that. I actually, uh, I was at a Sixers game right before the pandemic, and I was sitting behind the Sixer bench. Okay. And I get into it with you know who Udonis Haslam is? Yeah, yes, a long time yeah. Heat player. I got into still it, there, isn't he? Yeah, I get into it with him about. Um, I, I was calling him out, talking to him, and he he kept responding to what I was saying. But, you know, I. I like to get my money's worth when I go, have a good time, yeah. you know, needle people a little bit. But you're going March 10th, aren't you? See, I only will go, and I, I've said before, I'll pay whatever dollar amount I have to pay yeah. to sit right behind the Nets bench. But see, a certain person won't be there. I guarantee it. So yeah, yeah. Don't he's not gonna play. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, he's it, not gonna play. For me, like it would only be about him because, like, I loathe him. Yeah. I hate him. With so you, like, I'm with you all the way. Yeah, so for me, I'm like, so and I, I would have absolutely no issue getting kicked out at all. Like, I would welcome it, like, well, whatever. Well, I tell you, <laughs> you brought back a memory. When I was in college, I went to a Browns-Eagles game. Yeah. This is right when the Browns came back, an expansion team. And uh, it was Eagles head down to McNabb, and I was pretty hammered. Be honest with you, and I—he <laughs> was coming in at halftime, and I spit on Donovan McNabb. You spit on McNabb? Yeah, that was really a really low moment. What's the, wow? Yeah, you this guy on the what a vile thing, man. <laughs> Twenty-one years old, I was drunk. Oh, I don't you know. were a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. <laughs> oh my so. god! But I actually, this actually started for me. So I felt bad about that. I actually started this really young, though. I remember when I was a kid, my uncle had season tickets to the Sixers. Okay. And they were really good seats. They were directly behind the media, where the media sits. Okay. First row, center court. Yeah. My dad used to take me, and I was like 12, 13. And I was, uh, I remember I had a heated argument with a ref one time. Wow. And he told me to shut up multiple times. Was that Javi? Steve Javi? No, it was this guy, Derek Stafford. He's still a ref to this day. Hmm. Um, he was a young ref back then. This was like Tim Donahue was still a ref at this point. Oh wow! This was a long. Oh wow! This Live is when gambling going yeah, this on was, there. What year was this? This was two thousand one, right before the finals. It was like ninety nine. I was even young. I might have been ten or eleven, and uh, I got my start early. But I've always been like this with sports. <laughs> I, I was raised to you know, yell at the TV, and then it turned into the gambling stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, it, I'm not proud of some of the stuff we did in high school. I, I, I feel bad looking back. Okay, so let's get let's get into. Uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about like how'd you get into podcasting, and is this like what you always want to do because you're a sports guy like as a young kid? Well, in high school, I the one of the reasons a lot of people knew me in high school was I did the morning announcements for two years. Oh, okay, I was the only person that did it. That was the one class I did super well in because I always loved being in front of cameras and talking to people and just you know speaking. And I I started doing that, and that was the first glimpse I had of 
being on something. And then I, uh, I never knew what I wanted to do in life. You know, I knew I didn't want to work for my dad my whole life. He owns a construction company. And around back then, there weren't pod. 2008, 2000, there was no right. podcast. Yeah, no, sports like, radio. Right. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's about all it was. And that's actually how I got my start. I um, I used to be a regular caller on WIP. Oh, that's Florida. right. Oh, really? My brother yeah. told me that. Many yeah, years you... ago. And I, I got into it a few times with uh, Billy King, who used to be the, the GM of the Sixers. Yeah. The GM, yeah. Is he still on? He's still on there, isn't he? Or... Billy used to be. He's. I think he has a front office job. Now, okay. Oh, you're right. You're right. But um, yeah. there, was a, there was a particularly funny moment where I... Um, there were just certain things, and I, I kind of got to start there, and I got to, like, I, I get really into it. And I, I remember telling my mom and dad at the time, because I still was at home at this point, I said, I want to do something with sports. And they laughed. And I'm like, what are you going to do? You don't even, you haven't been to college, nothing. And I moved around jobs and stuff. I, I worked at a bank. I sold cell phones. I did all sorts of stuff. And I just started gambling. I'd always gambled. I had gambled since middle school. <laughs> and that was always a thing for me. And, um, I think it was around 2010, my dad said, why don't you do a, a podcast, like on YouTube or something? And I found this, like, goofy little program called <laughs> Spreaker, and I started doing podcasts, and one thing led to another. I, I started gambling heavily, and I remember I contacted this company offshore. It was a gambling company, and they did content about sports betting, just something like this kind of almost. Yeah. Okay. And I, they did videos every week on college football, and I, I, I reached out to them, and I said, I'll pay you to do this. Like, I just want to do something. I want to get my feet in the door yeah. somewhere. And they wouldn't respond initially, and then they finally allowed it. And I did one or two a week. Then I eventually got my own show there. I started making money on it. I started growing my profile on wow. Twitter and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And before I knew it, I was making more money doing what I did as opposed to working. And um, it's 2016, I left the 9 to 5 world, and you know, just been one thing after another, and went to where I am now. And when did Barstool, was that part of Barstool? I know, I've read your story with Barstool back and forth, but when did that start up? Barstool, um, I'd been close with an individual that works there, Big Cat. Yeah. Um, this was back 2017, 2018. Okay. I used to give him college basketball picks. Him and I were cool on DM. We would talk. He followed me many years ago. And um, there was a day where he, this was before gambling got legalized. Right. Like in the States and stuff. So where were you gambling? Offshore? Yeah. I was gambling. Yeah. I used uh, a, a website called Five Dimes. Um, I had Bodog many years ago. All these different locals and stuff like that. And um, he he reached out to me one day and said, hey, I don't know if we can fit you in here now. He said, but eventually we're going to need gambling people. Do you want to talk to Dave about some of your ideas? Dave Portner. And I said, yeah, hell yeah, sure. So he contacted me a week or so later and he said, hey, can you come up to New York? I'd like to meet you. He said, Dan told me you're pretty funny and you're good at gambling. So yeah, we'll, I'll go up. So I went up and um, I remember I went up to the third floor that they were on and I got off the elevator and I looked directly at him. This was when they were at their old office for the new one. Okay. Right now. And his office was directly next to the elevator. And the, the lady walks me over and, and she goes, uh, this is the guy. And Dave goes, uh, you're the guy? I said, yeah. He goes, holy shit. He said, you look like a gambler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you had that look about you, I guess. Yeah, I had my hair spiked. I don't have it done now, but I had my hair spiked, and I, I had a black tracksuit on. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you just look like I'd see you at a casino. You, know, you probably know everything about gambling, this and that. 
Um, and um, we had a good conversation, and he told me kind of the same thing. We're not ready to bring people in just yet. He said, but we're they were waiting for a big investment and, okay. and from Penn and stuff, and it ultimately worked out. And they actually offered me a contract back in 2019, yeah. and I declined because at the time I was making a lot of money, and I could live around here. I could do what I wanted to do, and it just didn't work for me at that point. And I said I declined them, and um, he kind of took it weird and. We didn't talk for like six months, and then in early 2020, right before the COVID stuff, he reached out to me and said, hey, you want to come up and do some radio stuff with us? Maybe give this a try. We can work something out. Yeah. And at that point, we worked it out. I was supposed to start March of 2020 during the NCAA tournament, and the week before, COVID happened. COVID, right. Shut everything down. Shut the world down. And he told me, um, there's nothing we can do until football. We'll see where we are in six months, and like you know, September. And um, I waited. I actually told you guys. Told you guys I got in shape. I lost a ton of weight. And uh, he contacted me September fifteenth of twenty twenty. I accepted a job with them, um, and I was still able to live here, which was cool. I worked remotely. I did some cool stuff with them. I had a podcast about basketball, mm-hmm. and um, it was a great time for me. But ultimately, it didn't. It it stopped working because I had a I had a real big issue with a certain person that works there, and it just got real toxic. But it was a great experience. I still talk to those guys today. Yeah, I was going to say, you're um, still, it seems yeah. like you have a good relationship with Portnoy. Yeah. And, and I ended up doing Rough and Rowdy, which, yeah. which is cool. And um, yeah, Dave, Dave's always been super fair to me. I mean, yeah. He always gave me an opportunity. We've actually, I've actually talked to them recently about the pod that I have. Um, I think it needs to be on a bigger network. And I would love to sell it to them okay. and, and get it to something higher. But yeah, they've always given me a good opportunity. They were the one company that I felt like I fit with just because. If I'm not working on my own and I'm going to work for somebody, I want it to be them because I was always able to be myself. As I've talked about this whole time, I'm a little bit off the wall with some of the things I do. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. So, like, I don't think I could ever work. And, and th- in fact, I don't think, like, an ESPN would ever hire me, to be honest. So I'm j- I just don't fit in places like that. So I like the company because they were allowed me to do what I wanted. And I can create whatever content I wanted. So there's an opportunity you could go back. You never know. Yeah. I mean, we, we left the door open. Um, I left on good terms. Um, and, and like I said, we, you know, we did Rough and Rowdy, which was very connected to them. And, yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would give them a discount on this show if they wanted it. And uh, I think they would put it in a great spot. But, you know, I'm always working. I always have things going on besides that. So, yeah, they were great. They did a good job to me. Okay. I mean, with gambling so mainstream yeah. now, I mean, it, it's probably – it's going to grow and grow and grow. It's probably like a great opportunity for you to continue to grow. Yeah, it is. And as you said, like everybody gambles now. Everybody. So, I love it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I've always been able, I have my own audience. So for me, I've always been able to market to those folks. And like, I have a, I have a company I work with now. Um, you know, they, they, they pay me every day to do a show. It's really simple. It's an hour long. And I have these different things I'm doing each day. That, what network? So it's with a company. It's an offshore company. It's called BetUS. They're a sports book. They have this. Um, so I, I could find it and watch it. Oh yeah. yeah oh, I, I gotta find this, man. Yeah, I, I need some. I need some picks. Right? Yeah, yeah. We bu- we built it up really good. I'll send, I'll get you the link. And, yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'm start watching every day. Yeah, we um we have some fun with it, and 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 that's what I do. I find these different little content opportunities to do. And what's crazy is, you know, I think you've arrived somewhere when you can take what you do and monetize it, and that's what I've been able to do with everything I have so um, I strictly do content that's my job like I I try to make whatever I do whether it's a podcast whether it's a show whatever I'm doing 
how can I monetize this? Like the sit down we have, the mob pocket. It's totally different from gambling. Right. But like I'm making money with it now. I'm able to advertise and do stuff like that. So you just gotta start somewhere and keep going with it. That's why you're here to help us. That's a, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, I was you at one point. Right. You know, I, I remember when I first started on Spreaker, I had an iPad, like a first generation iPad. I bought this goofy little mic from Radio Shack when they were still around. Okay. I plugged it in my headphone jack, and I sat at a table just like that one, and I sat the iPad there, and I did a show. And no one listened to it. I think the first episode had four listeners. It was me, my mother, my father, (laughs) and my brother. Like, I'm serious. And I practiced, and I figured out how to do what I do, and I reached out to people like me now. And said, can you come on? Oh, that's that's great. That's yeah, awesome, yeah, man. yeah. That's great. And w- with the Brandon and I did the Big Ten football podcast. I just asked some people in the athletics to come on. We had some college football writers. It was just fun to have some you know big time hitters like that come all on. All you can do somebody like you coming on. It's great. All you can do is ask. And yeah. whether it's women, whether it's a show guest, I'll never be bashful. All you can say is no. And yeah. if you say no, right. that's fine. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I'll tell you a quick story, real quick, about this. What we're talking about. I know a kid today. Okay, that got hired by Barstool today. I know him personally. He's a good friend of mine. He started, this is what he started. He started a Twitter account that literally every day tweets out clips from Barstool shows. He built it super high on Twitter, got the attention of Barstool, and they hired him for it. The kid just worked. He did hard. Nobody followed him at the beginning. Wow. It took like a year. And how many does he have? How many followers? <sighs> I think like 10 G's maybe. Wow. I mean, and he's, I mean, he, it turned into a job. So you just got to keep doing stuff, man. Yeah. Eventually you start with athletic people. Then you do me and then you have whoever, you know, it's slowly but surely it'll work. Okay. So let's, let's get into your gambling. So, um, I'm curious, like, do you, is there certain sports? I know you, you're a big basketball junkie. I've been following you a lot of like basketball, doing college basketball. Do you bet all sports? Like, what are your top three or four sports you bet? bet? I don't bet all sports. I bet m- most of my repertoire is college football, college basketball. Um, I don't bet hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. NFL? Yeah, I bet NFL. I I wouldn't say I'm in love with it. I think it's very t- very difficult. Yeah, NFL's hard. Um, I found. But I, I like baseball. Baseball in the summer is fun. I don't know if we'll have it this year, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, one sport I'm actually really big into is soccer. I, I bet a lot of wow. uh, Italian soccer, stuff like that. But I just look for an, an advantage. I don't care what it is. If I have an edge, I'm in. You know. And I was like I was telling you, I, I think whether you've been in college or pro, there's different things you look at. So I've learned a lot of tips and tricks over the years. And, um, yeah, it's become a passion of mine so okay so w- w- how do you determine you just do your research on teams and yeah. just like just dig into it a lot of my life is in an office in my house and i just sit there and a lot of the time it's preseason i'm sitting there and i'm reading into every team there are 358 division one college basketball teams i could probably tell you something about every one of them so i think it's important to know the teams i'm betting on and you know it's really simple though like when you're watching a basketball game if, if I have a team that runs strictly zone defenses, yeah. if the team can't shoot, it's probably not going to be a good matchup for them. Right. It's pretty simple. So, you know, being able to break down schematics and knowing teams and knowing coaches and knowing players, you know, it, it takes a long time, but you begin to understand how it works and how you can. And a lot of the thing is people just enjoy that I could talk about any team. 
and that's value in itself. So I've been able to carve out my niche with that kind of stuff. That was going to be my next question because I know you, you know college basketball, and I get into March Madness. I'm a Penn State football fan. I mm -hmm. always joke with Patrick that Penn State basketball is my offseason because they haven't been good in forever. Yeah. Do you see under this new coach with um, uh, Shrewsbury that they can turn the corner at all? Uh, you know, I think the problem that they have is, you know, there are schools that really just kind of say to themselves, we're going to be a basketball school, we're going to be a football school. Look at Kansas. They're a prime example. Their football program is a joke. Yeah. They have one of the best basketball programs in the country. Certain teams just put expectation in that. Will Penn State ever be a good team? I think it would take a big... Because um, they're good in everything else except yeah, for basketball. It would, I think they need a better hire. They need a splash hire. Okay. Um, now, I don't know if Shrewsbury... He needs a recruit. Yeah. In Philly area, that kind of stuff. The problem is, Philly kids want to go play in, I don't know, California, Duke. Miami. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So yeah. I remember a couple of years ago, Lonnie Walker out of Reading. Yeah. Reading alum over there. Yeah. Lonnie, I remember came to Millersville, or not Millersville, McCaskey. I went and watched him and yeah. played JP a couple of years ago. And like, I remember I knew his uncle. Um, it, weirdly enough, his uncle was a guy, Big Star. Many years ago, Big Star, yeah. he. You know, big star? Guy. yeah, <laughs> big star got his start doing um, rap DVDs yeah. many years ago. <laughs> Too raw for the streets, it was called, and he eventually turned it into a recruiting website. And his uncle, that was his uncle, and I remember Star was telling me that, you know, he said Lonnie don't want to go to Villanova or some. He wants to go to the Sun, play down in the, the Florida. You know, these kids want to go play at bigger schools or tropical air atmosphere, so. For a place like Penn State, it's just super hard. Well, because I told gotcha. him, cause, you know, I grew up in Ohio, and, and Ohio State basketball, obviously it's not as big as football, but Ohio State basketball, like you open every local paper, it's it, there's stories. People care about yeah. Ohio State basketball. Like I grew up with Jimmy Jackson, yep. and Ohio State was like a good basketball program. I come here, and I open the paper. And, there's like, there's nothing. nothing on Penn State basketball. I'm like, what is And the thing, thing is, you got to realize as well, Penn State's in the middle of right. that area, right. which – got huge because of people like LeBron James in that yeah. Ohio area. And then you have Philly, where why would I go to Penn State when I can go play at Villanova or right, right, right. Temple, Temple or St. Joe's? So I think Penn State's just in a rough spot from a basketball standpoint. And it is such a long lineage of football that it's just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Will it ever be back? I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I always... I was too. Right. I'll admit it because you do those um, those those shows on Twitter. Spaces. Yeah, and I I always come on there. I get too afraid to ask about Penn State basketball because I, I know a lot of no, people are No, it's a great question. I will, will they ever will they make the tournament? Yeah, I think. Will they be a power like Michigan or or or, or someone like that? I don't think. I think football is where it is with them, and you know, I think for for Penn State people, that that's what they want. Penn State's good in football. I got to rip I mean, on him a little bit. There you go. <laughs> I mean, they the problem that Penn State football has is in my entire lifetime, and this is the truth. Can you name outside of maybe Trace McSorley one really great quarterback they've had? And even Kerry Collins is the. But, but that what was that? 94. 94. Yeah. I, I was I, five years old. Right? No, I know. Yeah. But I look back to when I was a kid. My grandpa, the one that would take me to, to JP games, he loved. Penn State. Yeah. Loved them. We sat there every Saturday and watched Curtis Enos and mm -hmm. Larry Johnson and LeVar Arrington. But but I think back to the quarterbacks, like Michael Robinson, mm -hmm. you know, Anthony Morelli, like just <laughs> Morelli, like just guys that like really 
Like, it's amazing over the years. They've never, even recently, like, some of these guys just aren't good enough. Why is it so hard to find? But, but you know, college football has changed so much because, like, Ohio State, when my senior year at Ohio State was uh, 02 when they won a national championship against Miami. You know, Craig Krenzel was Ohio State's leading quarterback, and he threw for, like, 14 touchdowns because the game was so different. Ohio State ran right. with defense and ran the ball, but now Ohio State's adjusted. And if you look at with, with Ryan Day, you know, uh, like, they've recruited a quarterback so well in the last, like, But, like, how does a school years. like that recruit – quarterback so well and they get a Justin Fields or whoever Penn State has never had a quarterback like no they have no you're, it's like it's a great point you can't hit on I one. never thought about it yeah Collins like, is the last one and even like in terms of NFL success which was you know he had a couple of Pro Bowl years and but that's 94 I mean McSorley made that's like 30 years oh yeah yeah believe me <laughs> right. you're pretty sure the choir yeah. about the quarterback he's situation. right I asked you about Penn State basketball, not yeah. about Penn State no, basketball. No, but, but, but he's right. You but, make a good point. But it's yeah. crazy, though, because, like, you look at some of the kids they put in, like, receiver-wise. Oh, yeah. Oh, whether across it was, the board. Yeah. So whether linebacker. It was, yeah. Linebacker, running back. Running back. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, no, no you're pretty sure the yeah, How long ago was that? But, like, like <laughs> if, if you look at, like, if you look at <laughs> Alabama, you know, in their run, Alabama, when they started winning championships, they were more like the traditional game manager quarterback. But now they're not anymore. The two is the Mac Jones. Right. And that's the Bryce like, Youngs. And Bryce even, Youngs going to be the first pick next year in the draft, probably. Right. But even, like, the app, like, Greg McElroy, mm-hmm. and people like that. Yeah. Like, I think the worst quarterback I've seen at Alabama over the last 10 years was a kid, Blake Sims. Oh yeah, who like was yes was still yeah. pretty good. Right. Yeah, he was a converted receiver. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, and that was the first year that they converted the spread offense that they played in. It's just, yep. um, I've always been fascinated by it with Penn State. It's like I don't no. know how. Well, and to be fair, Penn acquired. State's in the harder section. You know, you got to go against Ohio yeah. State, who's just went to another level recruiting East, with Urban, yeah. and you got to still deal with Michigan, who they're up now. Michigan um, but, State, yeah, you know, Michigan State is had some good years, so Penn State's definitely in the harder. Division of the Big Ten as well. Yeah, it'd be nice to play, you know, Big Ten West. As yeah, to seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, I, before I get to you, I want to get to your podcast. Can you? Uh, I know this is a seven one seven. Can I ask you what? Could you give me any thoughts on Ohio State basketball? Since you said you know so much about. Yeah. So, Ohio State basketball, I've always liked. I like Holtman a lot. I think he's, he's a, really a good, good coach. coach. Yeah. Um, I love Liddell. I think he's terrific. Yeah, he's awesome. I, he's one of my favorite players. I was sad to see Dwayne Washington go. Um, yeah. It would have been nice. I think if they had him this year, the guard play is a problem to me. Um, he does his stuff, man. You know? He uh, does. That, that's kind of the issue for me with them. Um, but, you know, because guard play is so big because you need – you can have a great big man, but, like, if you can't get the ball to him, yeah, it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. You know, and um, – I think Ohio State is a team that's kind of flown under the radar. I think they'll be a, a tough out. They always are. Um, but Dwayne Washington was, was a killer. Yeah, yeah I, I think if they had Dwayne Washington, they could be a Final Four team. But he went pro. And then yeah, he, they didn't have a replacement for him. Yeah, so, I remember right. he I mean, he killed Michigan last year. A couple yeah, times. But did. then they was Oral Roberts. And it was just like mm-hmm. – but I, I knew how good Oral Roberts was because I knew Max Acemas. He was a terrific player. Oh, he was incredible. I didn't know how really uh, – I figured it out in the tournament. <laughs> he's still around. He's killing it still, so – um, yeah, it's um, you, you both basketball programs. Obviously, I'd, I'd rather have Ohio State, but um, both I think have have improvements to make. Yeah. So, so you you uh, so you probably love the tournament then. Yeah, I do. I mean, I I think it's is that your favorite a, sporting event of the year since you're a big basketball junkie. 
Yeah, I um, I actually love the conference tournaments though as well. I, I love everything about basketball. The, the, the worst thing about it is that it ends, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I know I could just look forward to to next to next year. But, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy just the matchups and seeing the brackets and, um, I even like the NIT and stuff like that. Like, if it's basketball, <laughs> I'm in on it. So. Just, so, so how much NBA yeah. you watch? You watch a lot of NBA or not? I do watch a lot of NBA. I I bet the NBA a lot different than than college though. NBA to me is all about the number. The player doesn't matter to me. I've always been a big underdog better. I think if you bet underdog in the NBA, you can kill it, like truly. Okay. If you just sit there and you pick off double-digit underdogs and stuff like that, you can make money. And I learned this because I used to go to the casino. When I lived in Philadelphia, I used to go to the casino. And I would see at the book, I would see these kids every night betting these parlays and every team is a favorite. <laughs> and I just see how the NBA works. It's truly all about the number. Players don't matter. It's all about the number. But, yeah, I watch the NBA. I enjoy the NBA. Cool. All right, so let's let's get into your, po- your new podcast. I, I, I love it. Um, I thought it was awesome. I just think that, you know, and I'm sure you can comment on this, like the more mob content you can get, I think the more that we love it. You know, in this country, I think movies, yeah. TV shows, Everything with the mob. So the sit down, can you? Because it's like something that you. I love the idea too. The name, the sit down. I mean, that's perfect, right? You know, yeah. can you? Is it always been like something you always wanted to do a mob podcast, or well, just came to you? It actually was at Barstool. I actually had an idea to work with another colleague there, and I knew he was a big mob. I've always been into the mob stuff. I enjoy the movies, and I love reading, so I read a lot of books and stuff. And uh, I actually took the idea to him, but I just couldn't get around to do it. it I had no time and. When I left there last uh, last February, I, I knew it. Then once basketball ended, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start out. I'm going to pick one guy. We're just going to sit here and talk about him. We're going to tell and, a story. And every week? Yeah. Every week is a different. It, it, it's, it's, yeah. It, it, and what I like about it is you get under the radar guys that yeah. we don't know about. That's, and it's fascinating to hear their stories. And that's what we wanted to do. We knew we would talk about the, the Al Capones, the John Gottis. But we wanted to tell stories about people that were very influential to this country's history, people that were involved in some really crazy things that people don't know about. And we sit there and we tell a compelling story every day or every, sorry, every week about someone different. And, and we've done so many different people and we have so many still to do. And I've learned as, as Patrick said, I mean, it is a popular, popular niche, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I was blown away at, at the success the show had just through word of mouth. Um, we've get so many good comments about it and you know, we're starting to do bigger interviews and, and talk to people and it's funny I knew I arrived and I probably shouldn't bring this up but I will I'm not going to say who it was but we did a show two months or so ago about an individual and I have a colleague of mine um, in, in the space we've started receiving emails from certain people that are in that life Wow. So it's gotten that yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And I'm not going to say who, but, you know, and, and you know, there, um, there are certain people that aren't happy with it. Like they don't really, like, Oh, for sure. Wow. You know, I've actually, I'm not going to say where, but in certain locations we've had, I've not been allowed in certain places. They won't let me in. What's the old saying in one of the Sopranos episodes? You never expose the, yeah, which is true. We, we do try to talk though about history. Yeah. We don't, necessarily talk about because the mob's still around 100 percent. but we um we've had fun with it but i i plan to go deeper into it like i have ideas to do other shows i'm i'm working on something else that's it's going to take a lot of approval i'm going to go into 
America's prisons and interview people. That's my next show idea. Wow. Okay. Um, That's fascinating. I have some correspondence with some people that are that are doing life sentences that were mobsters that I'm trying to speak to and people are fascinated by it. I remember when I would write blogs on it at Barstool, they would always be super popular. People love mob stuff and Oh, you're absolutely um, right. I mean between shows, podcasts, yeah. movies. Yeah. And I saw uh, the other day you had on Twitter, I think Patrick was going to ask you this too. You you um, you're a wire guy over the Sopranos, yeah. right? Yeah. All right, good. Just had to be I think, sure. So so the wire over the Sopranos. Yeah. It's all so time show. That no. So let me say, I did um, for a long time. I I always will say I think the wire is required television for anyone in this country. One hundred percent. You know because I think it tells the true story of what our cities are really like that they don't tell you about. Right. And if you know anything about the show, that's what the the, the creator will tell you. But I actually started watching a show about a year ago called Gamora. Yeah, what's that? I saw you talking about that. What is that show? It's a it's a mob show. It's from Italy. It's about the mob mob in Italy. I've heard of this. I, wh- what network is it on? It's HBO Max. Oh, okay. I gotta go check it out now. Let That's me tell you. List. If you, and I, I urge you, it's in subtitles. But okay. I tell you, you have to watch it in subtitles. It is, it's a masterpiece. So that was your number one. Yeah. 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 So, so I watched. You know, I was late to the wire. I just watched it for the first time a year ago. Absolutely loved it. It it is probably my top. It's very vivid. Probably my top three favorite shows are probably Sopranos, Wire, and then I love Homeland. Have you ever got into Homeland? I've never watched it. Homeland, I, I, Homeland's incredible. The first season is just edge of your seat. Anyways, but uh, but yeah, I love The Wire, and I'm actually rewatching it now a second time. You gotta watch them again. Yeah, I just yeah. love rewatching them a second time because it's like you learn so much. You learn so much, yeah. and and so I'm rewatching that the second time, and I, and I love that. Yeah, um, I um. I'm a big TV guy. You know, I, I enjoy watching new shows. And, you know, I'm not one of these people where I try to watch. I don't like fiction. I'm not into fiction. Me either. I'm the like, same way as you. Drama. Yeah. I want real, vivid yeah. stuff. And one of the things about Gamora that I, I think will draw you in. I got to check that it out. Shows in, in our country always try to, like, everything's trying to be funny. Everything. Yeah. yeah. They've got to insert this goofy humor. In. And that's one of the things with Sopranos I felt. It was kind of lame. It was too forced sometimes. Mm-hmm. Gamora, and this is crazy, in the entire show, five seasons, I can count on one hand the amount of smiles I saw on the show. It's just straight serious. It's just straight, vivid. And I've researched a lot about Italy, about the mafia in Italy, and they make the mafia here look like a Boy Scout troop. Wow. Like, they do some really bad things. And... uh it's a very vivid show. It's very graphic. I mean, I would urge you if you watch it. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. You have to understand, you're going to see stuff that. So it makes Tony Soprano look like a den master. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, 100. You'll see stuff that they would not show on TV here. Wow. wow. Okay. So, That's good. Uh, it's uh, it's very good. And, yeah, I, I feel like I should get paid by them at this point to talk about <laughs> it. Because <laughs> I literally, yes. I, I, I've there definitely made more people watch that show. No, it's. Uh, all right, it's on my list. This guy's the truth. He know he knew who Big Star is and Gamora. <laughs> well, Shout out to him. Y- yeah, hey, you kind of look like a mobster in that. Uh, sweats I was thinking that when you walked in. Well, maybe I am. <laughs> what does it say? You're, you're, you're either a hustler or you're being hustled. Yes. What was his name? Billy the Boom. The, the mobster. What was that? What's his name? I'm trying to say. Sammy, 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 Sammy the Boom. Sammy oh. the Boom. Sammy the Boom. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's not talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't want to get, get another. Control. He might get another email or something. You know? <laughs> no, no, he's a he's a he's a very Samuel the Bull is a uh, he's very talked about. Do you know who Samuel the Bull is? Yeah. 
Yeah, you, yeah. You know what he did, and yeah, all the murders <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah, but then he he ratted on everybody. He ratted yeah, 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 yeah. everybody. Yeah. Right, 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 exactly. um, no, so funny story about Sammy. Um, I can't exactly know it's him, but I'm pretty in. Sh- like I've heard him call me names where he doesn't like me. I know that. So he, um, oh wow, really? Oh, we did a show on him. He wasn't happy about it. Um, we got some <laughs> on, the, on, the, on your podcast. Yeah, we got yeah, some, yeah, it's it's good. You gotta check it out. We got some one star reviews, and every one star review had his name mentioned in it. You'll never be Sammy. <laughs> so we knew it was him, that's like nuts. sending people after us. That and, is uh, nuts. No, I um. Yes, the Karen. She's she's an interesting woman. Yeah, she's an interesting woman, and um. Yeah, we, we, we expect we'll have more run-ins, you know. I, I want to speak to them. Like, I will go interview Sammy right now, um, but um, we'll see. Yeah, we we, we definitely had You're to. diving deep, man. Oh, yeah. we Look, I have no problem with that. I know that, you know, I'm going to be put in some precarious situations with it, so and we, we, we're okay with that. <laughs> you got Marco fired up. That's the- <laughs> I mean, we look at it as, like, we're, inve- we're investigative journalists. Like, I want... And we put stories out about people that we we've found in our research. <laughs> yeah, which I, it would be funny if we did that. But like my whole thing with Sammy, I would be worried that I would say something to him that he would physically assault me, probably. You know, and and that's because I'm going to ask him questions that no one's going to ask him. Oh, yeah. You know, why did you take the money you made for 20 years? You killed 20 people. And why did you, did you just cooperate against everybody? Yeah. That's the easy way out, man. Why'd you do that? You know, so it would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, mob people, you can follow 717 Sports. Give us a follow. We've got great articles. Give us a follow, please. I mean, could you imagine, though, he does that? That would be, I would oh go God. viral. Yes. Yeah, and I would do it. You I don't pay care. Him. You yeah. want to hit me? Go ahead. Probably I won't press charge, I promise. Yeah. Wow. So. And we'll see where it goes, but it's uh, it's great. I I just I could tell you guys that you do a lot of research because like the stuff you're saying is like it's intimate. Like it, and that's it, the you thing. have intimate knowledge about it. It's like, like you're thing, not just drive by guy here. The thing that makes it tough is there are, like certain people like Sammy. There's a lot known about him already, so we have to go and find stuff. Hopefully that we can find in court cases or or different indictments or. Books. We we go pretty deep in sports it. and mob. Here we go. Yeah. This is my guy. Yeah. Oh, up. We should give him yeah. a seven one seven shirt when he goes to interview Sammy the Bull. Oh there yeah. Go. I would love to wear one. <laughs> no, but but like even even I'll I'll tell you there's an episode. Before, I'm sure you know you'll listen to something. But there, we did an episode on a guy. He was a drug dealer. Kabani Savage was his name. And I urge you, if you listen to this show, go listen to that episode. He was really awful human being like really and it was not far he's from philadelphia he um i mean he was a vile vile person and we feel it important to tell people about these people these are not good people the people we're talking about. they're bad criminal awful people okay and, and we we want to bring awareness to who they are tell the real stories and, and we don't let hollywood I mean, we're going to tell you the real truth yeah why do you think people like the mob so much like like, like what is like yeah, soprano so popular in a way that people like Tony, even though he is a bad person yeah. in the show, like Tony Soprano. Like, there's just something about it. I don't know quite sure why, but I've always been drawn to it since I've been probably like 9 or 10. Yeah, I'm fascinated by that as well. I, I've always been the same way. I, I would sit outside of my parents' bedroom and watch The Sopranos when I was 9, 10 years old when it came out. I don't know. I think it's the fact that it's, you know, 
when you're talking about high-level crime, let's say drug dealers or cr drug cartels and stuff, we don't see those people, right? A mobster could live in a city right next to us. These are just regular people, right? right? And I think they're... There's just something about it that, that always get headlines. People see it. You know, it's whether it's the movies or whatever, and it's something that we don't live. We don't live that life, and it's it's interesting to us. And it's, you know, they've taken over society in certain levels. So I don't know. I we've always wondered that. But you know what? How it ends for all of them, it always ends one or two ways. You either die or you go to jail. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. And you know what's interesting about so that's it? what happened to Tony Soprano. He did die because we never found the end. Well, I answer that in one second. <laughs> but have you seen The Irishman? I did, yes, I did. That's what truly motivated me to do the sit-down, that movie. Oh, okay. And in the last five minutes of the movie, I think it's so brilliant. And a lot of people didn't like the film because it's, it's not real true. It, 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 it. It's, a, it's a little dry at times. It is. But at the end, Frank Sheeran realizes that at one point he was one of the more powerful people. Yeah. He was around Jimmy Hoffa. He was around all these powerful people. But he realizes in the end... By he's old and alone. He's ostracized his entire family. His daughter won't do anything with him. Nobody. He's going to die alone. He realizes that. And he thinks to himself, after everything, all the things I did, nobody knows who I am. I did all this for what? And I think back and I say, well, all these mobsters, that's the same way they go. They all die alone. And they ostracize their entire life because of money and greed and power. And I've just been fascinated by that and you know they all end the same way and that's and, a good point you know it's uh it, you're either going to be in a cell i mean i've talked to people in my correspondence I, there are guys that have been locked up since before i was born they've been in jail for mob crimes they'll never get out and and that's the life they chose and and i want to know what is about that code that you will live your rest of your life in a cell half the size of this room for that no, i want to know what that is that's a great point that's, that's a great point Wow. So, so let, let's get, what's your favorite mob movie? Casino. Casino, I love yeah. Casino. I haven't seen it in years. I'm more into the, you know, I would say the most vividly true film is Casino. Most of that film is very realistic. What about Goodfellas? You watch that? I, I know you watched it. But of course, sure. I, lo I like Goodfellas. I th some of it is, um, it, it's interesting. I wish they would have did more on the Robert De Niro character. Yeah. Because in real life, he was actually a very violent powerful guy they centered it more around a guy henry hill mm -hmm. who who ratted him out yeah and, who was in yeah. the end he really wasn't as powerful as they let right. on and wasn't he, a made guy most of the storyline in the film was actually jimmy burt's life and they just made it henry's life but um donnie brasco's terrific yeah that's um, a good one which is actually a, a real a real event <laughs> um I'm actually, and this is a quick plug, I'm interviewing a guy that was undercover in the, in the mob for a couple of years wow. on my show coming up. And he had a life similar to, to Donnie Brasco. But A Bronx Tale is a terrific mob that film. Is great, That's a good one, too. That is a great flick. Um, Donnie Brasco, I love that like he, he got so into it mm -hmm. that like, he couldn't even go back to his regular life. He had considered at one point, and he has a show now, Joe Pistone, the real guy. He has a podcast, and he talks about how you know, he was. They proposed him for membership into the mob, and he had to kill somebody, and that's when they pulled the plug on it, because it just got way too invested. And he, it's it's interesting because the guys in that film, the guys that brought him into that life, most of them were killed because of that. Yeah, you know they um right, which which we saw in the film, but yeah, I um, uh, Casino's great. I, I'm very yeah, Casino is is an awesome movie. Very I, and the gambling angle. 
It's because at the exactly. end he became just a right. you know, handicapper. And, and, and Frank Rosenthal, he, um, you know, the the film kind of is gambling related, but it's also yeah. mob related, and I just always enjoyed it. Yeah. So were you going to say what happened to Tony Soprano? You oh, yeah. a theory on that. Do you want the theory of what I truly think happened or my mob mind what really happened? Let's go with both. Uh, let's go with the mob I don't mind think, theory. I, I don't think there's any way as a, as, a, as a watcher you could say that he was killed. It, it would just, I think, bastardize the, complete, the whole show. Right. Like, the whole show is very realistic. You're actually going to tell me and try to show me that Tony Soprano, as he sat with his wife and kids yeah. in a diner that was extremely well lit, yeah. you're going to tell me that some random individual killed him in front of everybody? It's just not realistic. That's I've always happened. thought the same thing. I was like, there's no way. It's actually only happened once. Joey Gallo, he was killed in Umberto's clam house. He was a big-time mob guy. He was killed in front of his family. That was the only time it happened as far as I know. But no, I, I think Tony, well, what, what ultimately happened was he probably went to jail because they actually alluded to one of his people. He had indictments, right? Yeah, Against Carlo. Them. Carlo testified. Yeah. Te- was yeah. rat or was a rat right. or whatever they, right. t- the term is. Now, there's funny because we did an episode on our pod about when the movie came out, we did a look back at the show. And I had a girl, she was a super fan of the show, and I had her come on, and we were, we were kicking out ideas, and I actually had an idea that, you know what I think happens? I think ultimately, and this is going to be crazy to say, but I think AJ eventually takes over. I really believe that. AJ Soprano? Really? Yeah, because... Spoiled little such, punk? Yeah, he didn't know what he was doing. But again, if you actually remember in the show, was he spoiled? Yes. But if you actually look back, he actually was quite kind of nuts. Like he tried to kill nuts. himself. He, he also tried to kill Corrado at the. Ner- yeah, oh, he when he did. stuck he, in the. He dropped his knife. And in that, it I think it truly could be the best scene in the show, when Tony goes and gets him out of jail. Yeah. And they're at the car, and he goes, "You're just gonna let him get away with this?" Yeah. And he goes, "This is my life, not yours." And he kind of just alludes to his father that I can do this, and we're not gonna let him get away with this. Interesting. And I don't think it's that crazy because if you know anything about Italian mafia stuff, like in Italy. It doesn't matter who your son is. If you're a boss, your son takes over. That's how it works. And I don't think it's that professional. I think it also illustrates what the mob has become, that someone like him is in control of the family. Because I liken it to John Gotti. John Gotti was a, uh, right. an old-school guy. And then his son takes over, and it was totally different. Right. So if he can do it, Good point. I, it's kind of a weird, crazy thing, but... W- what did you think of the movie? Uh, I, I was it, disappointed. I heard it was just okay. I was very I think a lot of people were. I was yeah. very disappointed. I don't under... I just... I don't know. I was. I walked away, like, frustrated. It was the wrong... Let me tell like, you like, what... Like, why didn't they focus more on Tony? I, I was so angry that, at that. That's what I, I would have my, Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, and I think you're right. I could... I think everyone would have the same thought. What I would have did if I were Chase was they should have did a film kind of right where the, the film ended, where Tony's like 16 and he realizes, okay, this is my life now. From then till the start of the show, that would have been the film. Yeah, good point. Like pre that, like I didn't care that much about Dickie Moltisanti. Yeah, like who yeah. cares about Dickie? He's such a small character. Yeah, it just... It, it, I know it's Chris's dad, but like they don't really talk about Mickey. They do in the show. And then, you know, later Chris goes and kills the guy, the police officer. Right. That, but again, like, it wasn't that big a thing, and 
It's sad because David Chase said recently about, a, I think like a week ago, because I don't know if you guys saw that Super Bowl ad with AJ yeah, and Yeah, yeah, Meadow. It. People brought it up and said, oh, is this a sign that there's going to be another film? Because a lot of people thought there'd be another film after the one they just put out. And um, he, shot, he shot it all down. He said, wow. we're not doing that. Let me ask, if, if God rest his soul, James Gandolfini, if he's still alive now, is the yeah. movie better? Or is there another show? I think... The, the, and but you know this is the problem with Sopranos, and this is why The Wire I thought was always better. They drew The Sopranos out too long. That's true. You have to That's stop a, a show. It's important. Like I know people don't want it to end, but when you take things too long, like Sopranos season six was way too long. There were way too many storylines. Like, like the I didn't storyline. Vito, the was... Cleaver thing. Yeah. Like, like all that stuff just went way too long, and. I heard David Simon, who created The Wire, talk about that. I had, like, Obama loved The Wire. Mm -hmm. He literally went to David Chase and asked him to do another season. That's yeah. how much they, like, that's how <laughs> yeah, much they loved yeah, the show. Yeah, I remember reading that. Eric Holder was the attorney general. He yeah. said the same thing. He would look into certain things if he did another season. And, and David said, no, this has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that part of my life is over. I can't, again, bastardize this show yeah. by making more of it. It's good the way it is, and that's that. No, I, I, I agree. I, I think you you nailed it with The Wire. Like, The Wire ending is perfect. Yeah. Like, it, I think it, it's perfect. And, like, it does get you reaching for more, but mm -hmm. that's what a show should do. So you can come, right. keep coming back watching. And it allows you to think as the watcher of, like, like I think all the time, like, wonder what McNulty's doing today. Right, like, what right. What is he doing right. now? I see a private... Because nobody loved being a cop more than him. Right. Yeah. Like, that was his whole life. And he ended up breaking the law right. to be a cop. So it's it, like... Yeah, I think it's cool to like think about it, but yeah, like 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 there's that theory with shows I've been reading a lot about like how they don't want to like end it by killing the characters. You want them to always l live on in your memory, so you want to leave it like they're just doing whatever. What are they doing in their life? And and, and I do think that's a better ending. But that's the thing about the show Gamora. I, have you seen the final season? Okay, so I, I won't. Do you know the show, Marco? Yeah, yeah, very well. I won't say anything, but. The one thing I loved about the ending of the show, because I've seen it all. I've seen... How many seasons it got? It's five seasons. Oh, I got to watch it. And it's and done. I, the, the fifth season just yeah. came out, and I finished it, and it put a bow on the entire show. And I got to admit, I'm not kidding. This is a true story. I actually, I sobbed at the end of the show. I, wow. I was so sad it was over. I adore the characters. I adore the, the actors. I think they're incredible. If I could interview them, they would be my number one interview in Were the you world. sad because it's over, or how, like... Like no, I was. I knew. Died? I knew how the show would end because okay. it's the only way it could end. But I was just sad that it was over. Like I loved the show. That's like I, I was. I was sick about it. And but it. But it ended the way it needed to end. And well, you see, know, it goes to. Uh, I'm not even Mike. It, it goes to um, the same thing you said about the Sopranos. Sometimes they gotta end. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm glad that you know you you said like it's ending here. I mean I'm starting episode one for season five but if it will go six or seven it would be the same thing it's gonna be drawn out yeah it has to you have to say goodbye to characters yeah and they have to start something else and look those characters in that show will always be remembered for those roles but you know the show like it's like rooting for these are people that are literally killing little children yeah and stuff and it's like but you find yourself still somehow 
in this warped way, like rooting for them. I know it's kind of like, it's so crazy. Yeah, it's very warped, but it, it, it's 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 like I, I'm like the straightest person ever. Like I you know I go to work. And yeah, like, like we're you know like a lot of Americans, but then it's something about a mob, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. they're awesome. I want you know it's like. But but again, that's you know that's yeah. the thing about shows they have to end. Like Sons of Anarchy, I loved. I love that. I just hate the the the, the, the getting back to the ending. That last season just killed me. And like the, the sons, you mean? Yes, yes. And when well, Jax just, just runs off in that truck, but but it was never want to watch it again. It was a terrible. It was a hard way to end. But it was like people like certain things in that like certain women die yeah. in Jax's life. I'm not gonna say who, but but if you watch the Tara. show, she. <laughs> or his mom. His mom. Gemma. Uh, yeah. Gemma. She but if you remember, oh, yeah. what does Gemma say to him? You have to do this. This is who oh, we yeah. are. Oh yeah. They have to. And, and and like that's the thing about these shows that makes them so good is they're fuck they're so vivid. I don't want to say it. They're so vivid. Like, <laughs> no, you're right. This is how it really is. That going back like, to what we were well, talking it, about earlier though, right. um, not just with like how the people were gravitated and like like with uh, mob shows, but like look at Walter White with Breaking oh, yeah. Bad. Yeah, look at Jax Teller. You know, he, he's this badass uh, biker, and then he's a but he's also like murdered by the end of the season seven, and as he's murdered like sixty people. Whatever, How do you, you feel know? about Ray Donovan? I've never seen it. It's borderline mafia. Okay, I'll like watch it. it's it's literally one man mafia. Okay, uh, check it out. he's got a couple brothers, but they're not like in the life, but. It's really if there was a couple more like brothers that were involved, then you can say yes, mafia. But it is really borderline mafia. I'll have to one check, it out. check it out. I yeah. have a couple. I think of it's uh, six or seven seasons. Okay. And they just came out with a movie, kind of, kind of like cool. they just did uh, Sopranos. Let me ask you real quick while we're on the Gamora thing. Have you seen the film? No. So there's a, I the movie. Let me tell you this. So there's five seasons of Gamora. Yeah. After season three, which you know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say who because mm-hmm. it's you. Yeah. A very important character. Yeah, died, I know. I know who you're right? talking about. Yeah. Between season three and season four, HBO put out a movie about him, oh. about his life growing up, and I watched it. And I didn't know that I was supposed to watch it after season three yeah. and this season four. Oh. So you should watch. So it. I know what I'm watching tonight. It's called The Immortal, <laughs> and it's really good. It's just about him and yeah. growing up, wow. and how he oh, yeah. became who he is. But um. But yeah, I have to watch Ray Donovan. I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, definitely. You'll you'll enjoy it. I Did mean, you ever watch just, Dexter. No. Well, that's about a serial killer, but yeah. No. yeah, yeah. But I like all that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I, um, I'll tell you another show that this is super old school. I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen this, but it set the stage for all these shows. Oz. Yes. I love Oz. Oz, yes. Very yes. graphic show. I haven't seen very all real, of them, but I've seen some of them. It goes it's, back to what you were talking about. It's very real and authentic. And it, and it has a lot of characters. I remember that, that show, yeah. They have a lot of characters that were in Wire, Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And one of the main characters is in Law and Order. That guy, uh, Christopher Maloney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a so- sociopathic. Yeah, he's like this, yeah. uh, this, this gay guy that is like a sociopathic murderer. Yeah. And yeah. He gets into a relationship with that Beecher guy. With Beecher. I, yeah. yeah. Got, Beecher was in those Wayne's World movies. That's yeah. where I remember him from. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I love, like, I hate fiction. I'm, I, I, I'm like, with I, have, I have no interest in Game of Thrones. Like, I have no interest. No, I'm with you 100%. Like, I just got into... Um, so I, I don't know if you ever watched Yellowstone. I never got into Yellowstone. Heard, yeah. But I just watched 1883, which is a prequel. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. It was set in the West, traveling out West. And it, it's it's like, you know, I'm a like, history guy, so I love history. And it just shows you, like, how hard it is to travel out West. And 
they're killing people left and right because they're trying to survive. Like, yeah. bandits are out there. Yeah, yeah. And then they're fighting with Native Americans, and it's just like, in the la- last episode, somebody died, and I, like, I'm like i freaking Sunday night bawling my eyes out. It's crazy. Because the character yeah. died, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm crying. Like, what is wrong with me? But, so, I, th- but I love the character so much. It, it was so moving. And I, I think TV is so unreal now. There's so many outlets and so many great places that you can find stuff. Well, I'm going to spoil some, but, like, I'm not spoiling If you haven't seen The Wire by now, I don't know what to tell you. But, <laughs> yeah. So, like, when Omar... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like when right? He, when he gets... Yeah. When that kid kills him... Shoots yeah. him in that... Yeah. Uh, the the Getty bar or whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, I... I was... I vividly remember being like, "That's how they're gonna do yeah. it." Like That's how I was it's like, be done. "Wait a second, That's how you're gonna kill this him? guy's four foot nothing shoots after you got <laughs> yeah." Hey, the, a funny story about the wire. Like Pat said, he just watched it last year. Yeah, this guy calls me like, "Hey, you ever see this show, The Wire? <laughs> this is great." <laughs> I'm like, "Buddy, it's only ten years old." Like, yeah, I, I I absolutely loved it. Like I couldn't stop watching. I was like staying up to like. 12 or 1 every night, that's still waking up at 5 or 6 in the morning to go to work. I'm like, dude, this show's oh, unreal. What was I doing all these years? Do you, ha- do you have time for a quick wire story? Yeah, I love it. Go ahead. All right, so when I, the, the last job I worked, like I told you, was at a bank. Mm-hmm. I worked at a citizen's bank at Penn Square. It's not there anymore. Right next to the fountains. And um, we would get a lot of tourist traffic, right? Because it's, you know, it's Lancaster City right in the middle. And one day I'm, I'm doing teller work. And I'm sitting there, it's super boring, and this guy comes in with this big beard, looked like Santa Claus. And we got to talking, he was from Delaware, and he was telling me how he was in town, he was doing a, he's an actor, he was doing a play at Fulton. Okay. Wow. And we started talking, he was like, yeah, he's like, I've been in some TV shows, movies. And I said, oh, you've been on TV? I said, have you been in anything I've seen? And he's like, well, I was in a show called The Wire. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, I seen this guy before. What was he? And I go, wait a second. You're the nail gun guy. Oh wait. Uh, the Snoop and the nail gun. The guy? Was that the guy? Yeah. yeah that was burying the all the bodies in the, in the in the in the. No, no. He was Chris the hard, No, he was the hardware store guy. Oh, the hardware store yeah, guy. Yeah. When he bought the gun. Yeah. 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 He's like, that was like like first was the first episode of season four. Of season four. Right? <laughs> That that's yeah. What he goes? I'm a super fan, man. I love it. And he goes, he goes. Um, and she remember the scene. She's like, "This here is the Cadillac." Yeah. Remember? Yeah. It's like a great scene. It is a great scene. I said to him, "You're the nail gun guy." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "That's me." I'm like, "You do know that's like one of the most vivid scenes in the show." Yeah. Everyone knows that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I've never seen the show." Like he never watched what? it. What? He, he never watched it. He said what it was are you like, doing? He, he, he said it was like a four hour film thing and that was it. Like he never watched it. What? When she hands Snoop goes, Oh yeah, here you go. And he's like, This is eight hundred dollars. And yeah. she goes, No, you handled that bump like a mother. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, Yeah, and, and and he goes, she goes, Keep that shit. And and he walks out. This is eight hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he scene. he told me he's like, I never have seen the show. He's like, I should I'll probably have to watch it now though, because you told me that. But I said, yeah, it's it was. Wow, crazy. Yeah, that's an incredible cool. story. Yeah, it was cool. Okay, I gotta ask you about the wire. A lot of people complain about season two, about the docs. I think it's awesome. It's one of I, my I, 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 I like the just the differences. Yeah, and that's why I think the show is so good because they had a different theme that kept it going. And and like as a public school teacher who's worked 
in urban schools. Mm-hmm. You get it. I, I love the school, but the doc one is probably my. But, but you have to think about it. Season two, I think, is the most important season of the show because what we don't think about is the drug war is what the show is about. Yeah. And how it's affected us as a society. Yeah. And season two showed us how that it affected industry. Right. And Good how point. drugs need to come in a certain way. Yeah. And even that industry. And again, most of it were white people that it was affecting. And the drug trade affects every group, not just minority. It affects everybody. They shouldn't have killed all those hookers and they would have been fine. Right. <laughs> but I yeah. will say, I think Frank Sabaka is one of my favorite characters. Oh, and really? By the way, I found out about him. You know when he filmed that, Chris Bauer is his name? He was like 28 when he filmed that. Really? Role. He looks really old. Yeah, I know. He's like bald head. head. Yeah. And the best scene in that show in season two is when Ziggy pops those Greek guys. Yeah, because they rip yeah. them off. And Frank goes to see him at j- in jail. Oh, it's so And Ziggy walks in and he goes, you know, I can pretend, but we're just not built the same way, you and I. <sighs> and so... he's like, you're more like me than you know. And like, it's just a great scene. That's that, seri- yeah. that season, I love. I loved all the characters. Oh, yeah, like Frank Savaka, there's a lot of like tough guy, like reminds me of my stepdad. Yeah, reminds me he of, like, was like a industry. You know, you know, and, 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 and like, yeah, he did some bad stuff, but his ultimate goal wasn't for him. It was for his, it was for, it was yeah. for his union and, and the, oh, yeah. the workers. And that's the thing, like what, what the drug war did was it's completely destroyed urban areas that right. were once like these, like for instance, present day, go to Kensington in Philadelphia. It's a terrible place. Right. But in the 60s and 70s, it was a burgeoning factory area. There were a lot of jobs. But we've left that industry's pulled out of our country now. And those neighborhoods have turned into just these areas bereft of anything good. Right. So that's what's so brilliant about the show. And it's a deeper thing than just these are drug dealers. Like, it's way deeper than that. The script is just awesome. And they they just nail it. You know they're coming out with... um, the, the, the same writers are coming out with a Baltimore show. Really? Yeah. yeah. You, you were tweeting about that. Yeah, it's you? about um, so it's about a true story. Like five years ago, these five rogue Baltimore cops started. They created like this task force of their own, where they were basically ripping off tons of people, drug dealers, and it was this elite unit that ended up. They this all is got a spoiler invited. for your next podcast episode, or no? No, this is true. It's oh, actually, right. No, no, I'm saying it's probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it could wow. be. Yeah. They were gangsters in their own. That's room. awesome. Wow. That's but really yeah, good. it's uh, TV's great, man. I I, it, I pity it, anyone it, who doesn't have TV. In well, like like you know, there's just like you could go like I just got Peacock because I got Yellowstone. You got Peacock, you got HBO, yeah. Showtime, Hulu, Netflix. There's so many. You know, th- there's so many, and so like you know, like I don't read as much as I want probably because I'm so tired from teaching. But like, there's something like going home and watching a show for an hour well, you or two said, that you love. You said you watch The Wire till twelve one o'clock. Yeah, he'll tell you. G- Gamora, I finished in two weeks. Wow. As soon as he said that, I told him I stay up till three or four o'clock yeah. watching it. <laughs> I I found myself like, and and this is gonna sound crazy, but it it started to affect my my life. Like I, I wasn't like doing things I needed to do. Like I was like, no, I'm not going out this weekend. I'm not gonna watch Gamora. Like, I just wouldn't stop. That's awesome. And I remember when season four ended, I we had to wait like a year. Yeah. And what sucked about what sucks about Gamora is, it's a show from Italy, so it's on Sky Italia. It came out in like November, and I couldn't access it. And I'm finding I'm trying to find ways to like 
get a VPN and watch it and like <laughs> and like hook line singer and it was oh my god they had you and it was tough because I gotta like, check it out man yeah it's um there's, there's all five seasons are on HBO Max yeah alright yeah. even the movie good. the movie was one. you seem like yeah. I mean just with your podcast with the sit down taking off are you looking to possibly make a pivot altogether from college basketball Probably. and gambling? Listen, I always will love. I always love gambling. Like that's my bread and butter. Like I always be able to do something with it. But like one thing about gambling that people don't understand is when you have a following like I do, where people listen to what I say, it gets real stressful because when you don't do mm, well, good point. It's a results based thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, so come like, guys I follow, I'm like, "Damn it, thanks right. for that bet." <laughs> but like, but I've been in situations where like in 2018 I had an incredible basketball season. I won like I had a ton of money for people and I did it all for free. And the next year, I started charging for my advice and I did terrible the first 2 weeks. And I remember I had some real low points. Like it was the only time I ever considered like quitting altogether. Mm. And it's real stressful. And I've just noticed with the mob show, like it's it you do the show and that's it. It's enjoyable. I yeah. teach people something. But I'm actually working on something. I can't really talk about it too much, but I'm getting involved in something real big in the mob space that I'm gonna be doing some shows that I think are gonna take me to the highest level. And that I think eventually will pivot me away from and I'll just do gambling for, for like my in my personal life. Make sure he gets a shirt before that yeah, all takes I will. off. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think, you know, it's cool to do a show with guys that um that are you know, I, I live five, ten minutes away. So Yeah. You yeah. know, you gotta just keep doing it and um I'd love to come back, you know, whatever. Yeah, Heck yeah man. Is it, is that a good point to wrap? We had, we went way past our time. Yeah, man, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely a great show. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I love yeah, it the. Fun. We do have a gift for you though, since you know you're part of the family now. Yeah. Oh, so you're gonna give me a shirt? Yeah. Oh my man, <laughs> I'm a rockin' you. There you there go. go. Oh, man, I love that. Yes, sir. Our fearless leader, as somebody likes to say. It's our fearless leader. That's our shirt. Man. That's what's up. No, so, I'm I'm happy to come on. I love doing stuff like yeah. that. And cool. we're happy to have you. And you know, it's all about our message. Seven one seven. You know, we 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 tend to cover. You know, normally, I mean, obviously, we're a sports site. We like to mm -hmm. cover athletes from. Are you still live or no? Yeah. Okay. I'll say it off the air. <laughs> so okay. I, I wanted to stay on. Just uh, go ahead and let everybody know how to to reach you on social media. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. the podcast. I, um, most of, most of the work I do is on Twitter at Jeff Nadu, J F F N A D U. You can follow me, contact me, ask me whatever. Uh, and I have a show. It's called The Sit Down. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Um, I'm on YouTube. I put out stuff on there. I have, I'm really kind of indebted into that right now, and I'm 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 throwing stuff out, throwing con. I bro, I I, I started YouTube for this show. I grabbed five thousand subs in like a, a two months, so I'm very happy with it. It's just rolling, it runs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, catch me there, and and I'll, I'm sure you'll like it. You can listen to whatever episode you want. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thank thank you so much for coming on. We yeah. definitely appreciate it. Appreciate Absolutely. it. How did I reach the seven one seven? Hey, you know, you can keep tuning in every uh, everything 717, uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Make sure you uh, check out the website where you can see all our shows, read all our content. Everything 717 Sports rules the world. We already know it. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank you guys so much. And we'll be back next week with another episode. For more great content, make sure you follow us. Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, 
Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com.